0: Cheer! How to get burned? How to get
1: burned? And loathing. Yeah. Some steal the scene with, like smoldered sex appeal or something.
0: I want to play Give me some bullshit, you know, to counteract yeah, I want, all the joy. I'm, I'm
1: I'm I'm gonna stop you right there for a second.
0: I win! I win!
1: <laughs> Hello again and welcome to another episode of Cheer and Loathing, featuring myself. Casey as loathing, and over there we have
0: Stephanie as cheer.
1: There you go. See, she <laughs> she just sounds cheerful. It's kind of sickening sometimes. I know,
0: but I'm so sorry. That's okay. You'll uh you'll you'll ruin it for me today, Casey, as, as you're I? good at doing. Yeah, you'll Will you'll I? get me all fired up, and then I'll be just like err like you.
1: Did did you? Love the movies we're discussing today, or
0: we shall see, shall we?
1: I I <laughs> guess so, and I mean this is the second episode this week in like three I days.
0: I know. It's, so, it's been it's been a big week for us.
1: We're on the ball after falling mm-hmm. off the ball. <laughs> we got back There's up. a lot,
0: lot, of, lot of balls flying around around here. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's like
1: a Saturday <laughs> night over here. Yep. Yep. Balls everywhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <sighs> Now this is gonna be an awkward podcast. I'm thinking about balls hitting me in the face and
0: yeah, what else is new?
1: Nothing, nothing but balls.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, you want you want to, you want to get started? Want to get this party? Yeah, started? I guess
1: we, I guess we should get
0: started.
1: I <laughs> Guess we should stop talking about balls and
0: yeah. Um, so we are wrapping up summer reheat month on the podcast, uh, and we're gonna be looking at two more modern remakes and reboots of iconic horror films and franchises. So far, we've covered reimaginings of Saw, Hellraiser, Halloween, Friday the 13th, The Amityville Horror, and The Omen. This week, we're chatting about the 2011 remake of Tom Holland's 1985 film, Fright Night, as well as Evil Dead, the 2013 remake of the 1981 supernatural horror film written and directed by Sam Raimi. We're going to start by talking about Fright Night, which was released in the U.S. on August 19th, 2011. It grossed 41 million against a production budget of 30 million, so it did reasonably well. Mm. It also received generally positive reviews with many praising its humor and the cast performances, notably Colin Farrell's acting. Steven Spielberg himself also provided a great deal of input in the making of the film, such as storyboarding scenes and assistance with editing. The film holds a Rotten Tomatoes score of 72%. The critic consensus reads it may not have been necessary to remake the 1985 cult classic, but the new Fright Night benefits from terrific performances by Colin Farrell and David Tennant, and it's smart, funny, and stylishly gory to boot. Cinema score polls report that moviegoers gave the film a B-. So it's uh, uh didn't make a ton of money, um, but it's relatively uh, respected and appreciated by audiences and critics. So does that make so, it a
1: cult classic?
0: Uh. Well, I think. Or a I cult think, movie. I mean, the original is a cult classic. Uh, right. I think. I think maybe too soon for, for that status on um, a film this recent. What What is
1: the criteria? What's the the time frame for a movie to become a cult? I don't know. Phenomenon? Let's
0: Let's save that for another podcast. All right. All right <laughs> I really, I really, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what the uh, criteria is or or how that's uh, determined, but we can.
1: Because didn't you call um, *Love Witch* a cult classic, and that came out in like 2016, didn't it?
0: I don't. I think uh, I don't know. Maybe I did. I I don't know. Yeah, it did come out relatively recently. I'm not sure if that's the language I used, and if I did, I don't know. Maybe Uh, it is a cult classic.
1: Shame there's no archive of that anywhere around, so we can. Go back and check. and.
0: Okay. Do you want to talk about Fright Night or not?
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess we can talk about Fright Night.
0: Okay. Let's talk about Fright Night. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Right. I don't right. know. So, well, as you <laughs> said, Christ. Fright
1: Night is a remake because <laughs> that's the theme of the month. And apparently we're calling it, what do you call it? Summer Reheat or something? Summer even...
0: Reheat is the theme.
1: Yeah, I didn't even know that was the name of the theme. <laughs>
0: no, I've, I've only said it about... Five times, so I, yeah. it's totally fine that you...
1: To be honest, when you're doing your intros, I'm just <laughs> scrolling through my phone yeah, well, I'm mean, looking at enough. Instagram completely. <laughs> but this movie, um, this is maybe the third time I've seen this movie, I guess. Uh, it's one of those kind of like falls in the vein, I feel, of the Friday the 13th remake, where it uh, it's fun. It's watchable. It doesn't break any ground. Um, it has Anton Yelchin, who I... Missed dearly, Um, you know, it's got a good cast, like you said, Um, though, I'm surprised about the Colin Farrell compliments, I didn't think he was anything to write home about in this movie, I thought he was kind of dull, a little boring at times. You can um, jump in and bite my head off now.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I was. I wanted to be respectful and let you get your. Make sure you finish your thought before no, was, I started going. Was, wait, 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 wait. That,
1: that, <laughs> I, I think um, Anton Yelchin steals the show. Uh, emojin poots. Um, I want to marry you. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, those two I think, and then uh, uh, what's her face? Call it. Um, she's really okay. good in it as well. I just think everybody in the movie is good except for <laughs> Colin Farrell.
0: All right, I'm going to so if you if you are at a stopping point, yes. I would love to say I'm wrong. And I think you're completely wrong. Mhm. Um I think this film is pretty freaking fantastic. I think I, I would even Okay, so I love the original Friday Night. Mhm. Um I would entertain. Let me I want to say this carefully, because before anybody freaks out, I would entertain a conversation about how this remake is it is at least on par with the original, even if some people wanted to argue that there are elements that exceed the original. Um, I don't think that. I think the original is, is the best, but I think this is a really, really good remake. I think it really does justice to the original. It pays respects to it. I think it does enough different to keep it interesting and unique and make it um make it make sense why they even felt like they needed a remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they bring enough new to the table. Uh, I like how they shake things up, how they modernize it, how mm-hmm. they change up the characters, but don't change it in a way that feels disrespectful. They change it in a way that feels like, oh, this is fresh and fun. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Peter Vincent, who you did not mention David Tennant's performance in this, and I, I think... don't if, uh,
1: that's We have a five-word review if, to get to, do we not?
0: If we are talking about stealing the show, <laughs> I am head over heels for this man i well i love him anyway but Mm -hmm. in this movie he is he is reason enough to watch this film even if you didn't like anything else about it um i think he's so fantastic obviously anton is incredible incredible actor and i did write in my notes too like love him miss him um Mm -hmm. it makes me sad every time i see him because i'm like god so freaking talented yeah um
1: he died in such a stupid fucking way too
0: so young so much loss um i also wrote down so i let me say this um really quick aside i think colin farrell was fantastic in this um i don't necessarily think he was the best part of it but so i'd agree with that but i do think that he did a great job with this role um and obviously this is probably the most important role and the hardest role. Like this would have been the easiest role to like fuck up because there's so much, the the standards are so high and the expectations are so high um, for this role in particular. Um, And I think that he, I think he does a really good job. Um, I liked him a lot. Also, um, Tony Collette. Mm -hmm. I seriously want Tony Collette to be in every horror movie that is ever made. <laughs> this woman is a national treasure. She, she is a, a goddamn masterpiece. Everything she is in, she just elevates it. She could be in garbage. Not that I, I don't even know if she ever has been in actual garbage. But if you put her in like the shittiest B-movie, she would immediately elevate that movie. And it would have street cred just just from her presence alone. I think she is a phenomenon. So I just wanted to point that out. This, this, these performances, I, I don't think there's a miss in the bunch. Like, there's, um, this is so well done. It was so well casted. Um, it's super, and I will say this. This is another one, like, I, you know, both of these films that we're talking about today, I've seen them both, saw mm-hmm. them when they first came out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Been a long time since I rewatched them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I just, I like, I didn't, I didn't, I remember liking this film. I remember thinking, like, oh, this is really good, but I forgot how freaking entertaining it was. I forgot how much fun I had with this film. I um, am really enamored with it. So, well, yeah.
1: I, I don't completely disagree with anything that you said, which is rare. Um, My notes basically say, you know, it's another remake with good modernization. I will give it that 100%. It it feels modern. It doesn't feel stuck in the 80s. It, it's not a, uh, you know, like a shot-for-shot shot recreation of the original. I think, overall, they did a good job with the movie. Um, and if you had never even heard of Fright Night prior to the, if you never saw the original, whatever the case might be, you can watch it and you be entertained by it without any expectations. I agree with that. Um, there are some things that I... Kind of have to shit on a little bit. Of course you do. Right. And that's some of the character <laughs> dynamics um, like how you know Anton Yelchin and uh, Christopher Mintz Plasse's character uh, were like best friends. And yeah. then it goes to the, the tropey. Oh the one got cool and the other one stayed nerdy and he got the hot girl and he becomes the cool guy and completely forgets about his best friend. I mean that happens in every fucking teen movie ever made. Bar none. So, I mean, that I could have done without that. They could have done something a little bit different with the relationship. Um, You know, they could have still been friends or they could have never been friends and they met in a fucking alley or something. I don't know. Anything other than that cliche shit, I I hate the cliche tropey stuff. Um, I also feel like David Tennant's character, while really good and really cool and fun and energetic and, and, you know, injects a bunch of life into the movie, I feel it could have been more.
0: Oh, God. So, this is like, you could say what you will about this film. I I just, I cannot stand for you saying anything about David Tennant. Like, you, it's just like, it's almost, it's like sacrilege. It's I didn't say anything territory. bad
1: about him. <laughs> I love it's, David Tennant, man. He's the doctor who got me into Doctor Who and oh Broadchurch and all that.
0: You like, really didn't think, like, I thought he like, I, I didn't No, I, want...
1: I meant like, I don't mean more. I mean, they could have used him more. Like, he should have been in it more.
0: Oh, okay. Not he
1: needed to do more with the character.
0: Okay, I thought you were saying you thought that the character they needed to do more with the character. Yeah, I like, guess, the, like
1: yeah, like as as a role in the movie, he could have had a bigger part.
0: I felt like he was in it a pretty sizable amount, but you're right. I mean, like he could have been in every frame, and I would have been fine with it. <laughs> I don't think it serves the story for him to be in every frame, but um, right. But yeah, I mean, I there's not a minute he was on screen that I wasn't absolutely delighted.
1: Right, and it's a complete character shift for him too like he mm-hmm. doesn't usually do characters like this or roles like this at least from, as far as i'm aware of in his body of work he's usually a very serious dramatic style actor um i mean not to say he can't be funny like doctor who has some moments and shit like that but
0: he, for the he's most super part, funny in real life like if you ever see him on interviews and stuff like he's always like super funny yeah, and charming so i think that's his sort of he's scottish
1: nature. i mean they have that like wit about them
0: i yeah he's, he is he is at least is i think a, he's
1: scottish you're Scottish, right?
0: I, I think, I mean, I, that could be right or wrong. <laughs> like, it sounds yeah, right, he, and Scottish, I'm like, Scottish, I co-sign Scottish. on it, but also, like, I could easily be wrong about that.
1: He's from Bathgate, United Kingdom.
0: Oh, gosh. Oh, Married I. to
1: Georgia Tennant. Movies a, include Harry Potter and okay. the Golden of Fire.
0: <laughs> Let me know when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a perfect human being. Uh, this I, I swear this cast is i said this before it's so damn likable it's such a likable cast um, it's a good cast yeah that it's it's hard to yeah it's just it's hard not to be endeared i think like it, and i guess it would have been upsetting if you had this much talent and the script really just like Sucked. failed them miserably yeah but I, I i think that they they had great material to work with and i think they they brought their A-game. Yeah. Like, they it, had fun. I feel like they had fun with it. You know what I mean? Like, they were, yes. like, happy to be there. They didn't feel like they were phoning in there. Yeah, it,
1: it did feel like, you know, everybody kind of wanted to do the roles. Um. Yeah, I mean, it... it again, you have always have to ask the question of, did it need to be redone? Uh, in this case, did it separate itself, itself far enough away from the original to warrant a remake? And I... I haven't seen the original in its entirety. Uh, I don't know if ever. I know I've seen bits and pieces of oh, it. But I don't know if I've easy. ever seen the original, original. I, I feel like I have when this came out. I watched this one, then I went back and watched the original. But I just don't remember it at all. Um. So maybe I like fell asleep or something, which is a commonality. Uh, mm-hmm. That I have with a lot of movies. But um, I don't know. In your opinion, since you've seen both and you seem to be a fan of both did it need to be remade was it necessary
0: well you know that's always that's a tricky question I mean I when they announced this remake it's one of those situations um like uh like Suspiria recently uh, Mm -hmm. where when they announced it I was like seriously like go fuck yourself you know (laughs) what what are are you doing why are you doing this you know like there's and I'm not somebody who's like, never remake any film ever or I will riot. I'm not one of those horror right. fans, but also a lot of times things get announced and I'm like, what why why are you even doing this? This right. film does. It not still holds it. up to today. Yeah. yeah. Like you so, can
1: like the thing or something. If they remade the thing, like uh, Carpenter's the thing. Yeah, like, I would why? I would be
0: so angry, yeah. Yeah. Um which just had an anniversary yesterday, so mm. very, very timely timely reference there um you're welcome um so so no not necessary however when i saw it i was like okay like they clearly had reverence for the first one they clearly had a perspective they like i said i think they honored the original but did enough different where i think this one totally stands on its own Um, I didn't find myself like let me let me answer that question let me try to take a different approach when Mm -hmm. I watched this film I didn't find myself comparing it to the original like I wasn't watching it the whole time going like oh how does this Peter Vincent compare to the original how does Mm -hmm. you know Colin Farrell's interpretation of Jerry compare to the original Mm -hmm. Um, I I just watched it appreciated it for what it was and it didn't take anything away from my love for the original but I also like love the hell out of this one Mm -hmm. so Not necessary, but if you're going to do it, I think that they did everything right. They did everything I would want them to do. Right. So to to make this feel, go ahead.
1: My follow up to that would be, why not just make an original movie? If it stands enough on its own two feet, you just change some of the character names, a little bit of the plot, make them, you know, a a fucking succubus or an incubus as opposed to a vampire, and boom, you got a, a brand new IP.
0: I mean again bigger that's a bigger conversation I mean obviously that goes down to this is an ongoing debate of like why does Hollywood keep like rehashing the same stuff uh you know I mean that's a sort of an esoteric like fundamental question um I it's obviously it's a there's two reasons right like if you're gonna break it down to like base level um it's there's a built-in audience, right? It's it's a financial decision. It's like, okay, people love this property. Um, this is a film that has proven to be successful with the horror community. We know that there's a market. Um, we know that if we say if we remake this, there's going to be an audience that's going to see it no matter what, just because they're like, I need to see what they're going to do with that. So obviously, there's sort of a strategic reason for for why, especially when you're talking about Hollywood and producers, for why remakes are so popular. Mm-hmm um second from that I do think there's an artistic reason I do think um you know if you read interviews a lot of filmmakers filmmakers will often get asked the question like if you could remake any film what would it be Mm -hmm. I just think that there's an innate desire when you love something to want to you love material that exists you're like it's the same reason they turn books into movies right it's like I love this material I feel like I could bring something fresh to this while still respecting the thing that I love. I could make it my own. And I think that's a unique creative challenge that a lot of filmmakers are super excited about. So I don't think it's all like, it's so easy to dismiss it as just like cash grab, you know, pandering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I do think from a producer standpoint, there's that element of like, yeah, this this will put butts in the seats. But I also think from an artistic level, like, I could imagine if I was a filmmaker, there are films that I'd like. It'd be so fun to tackle this material
1: mm-hmm. just
0: because, you know, I love it and I would like to bring my own vision to it. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but I, I think that there's there's several reasons why remakes are popular. But I, I don't think it's necessarily such a I um, – I don't think it's all like uh, people just sometimes dismiss it as like, oh, it's all – Uh, nefarious reasons and it's all just really shallow and hollow and uh, terrible. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. 100%. There's plenty of remakes where you're like fuck you. But um, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it really is a passion project and uh, I think that this is an example of that and I think not to get ahead of us but I think the next film is an example of that as well. Just done totally differently.
1: Yeah the next one's a little bit of a different topic. Yeah. Um, But in terms of Like remaking Fright Night, for example. You mentioned one of the things a lot of remakes do is put some asses in the seats. It's easy marketing material, right? But was Fright Night that popular? It wasn't a franchise. It wasn't a Friday. It wasn't a Nightmare. It wasn't a Halloween. It was a one-off, as far as I know. I don't know if they did a sequel to it or not. They did. Yeah, well, probably straight to video release sort of thing, right? My Mm -hmm. guess.
0: Sequels actually, like, really good. Yeah? No. Mm -hmm.
1: Was it popular, though?
0: Mm -hmm. mm hmm I think so. I mean, I I don't know. I would have to do my research to see like box office stuff. I don't right. actually. I mean, I know Fright Night. I hate to use this word again. I know it's considered a cult classic. I mm-hmm. don't actually know how well it did upon release. I would have to yeah, I'd have to look that up, which would be interesting to do.
1: Right. So, I mean, again, like usually when you see rebooted franchises um, or remade franchises or whatever, they have like heft behind them. They're big names. You know, like we said, like the Friday, um, Exorcist one that's coming out for some fucking reason. Um, they're names that people know in passing. Whether you've seen them or not, people know of The Exorcist. People know of Friday the 13th. If they have never seen a fucking movie before in their life, they know of these movies. So it kind of makes sense to piggyback on the back of that, but if I were to go to, I would say, nine of ten friends I have, and ask them, or ten to ten and ask them, do you know Fright Night nineteen eighty five? They'd be like, No, never heard of it.
0: What? I can
1: almost guarantee it.
0: Look, I don't wanna so I was gonna say I don't wanna sound ignorant because I know I I live in a bubble of like, oh, this is this is my world and everybody <laughs> I interact with like thinks Knows like all I this do. stuff, Yeah, yeah. To me, that is insanity like i get there's people like oh i haven't seen it but first people to have not heard of it or not to be aware of it and pretty much know the beats of it Mm -hmm. kind of blows my freaking mind like i I would never if you ask me on the street if you're like do you think the average person knows fright night i'd be like of course
1: yeah like and then the person beside you be like what's that
0: it's like i think and i personally think every film that we've talked about this month are are like iconic films. Uh now, granted, Friday the thirteenth and Halloween are sort of their own thing, only because mm-hmm. they're such massive franchises. Yeah. And they are
1: and they've remained somewhat modern.
0: And they're you know? they're like pop culture. They're like icons. They're yeah. like they transcend the films themselves, you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um
0: so so yeah, I mean there is a difference, I understand that, but I mean Friday night is not an obscure little indie film. Like Friday Night's pretty I, I think it's pretty mainstream but again, maybe i'm wrong maybe again, i'm crazy I,
1: I think in certain circles absolutely uh but if like example like i've had this reaction before where you know like something that i thought was everybody was born knowing somebody didn't have any clue like uh, you know the song bob o'reilly by the who right teenage mm-hmm. wasteland my friend's girlfriend had never heard of that song in her life Ever. Not once. I played it, and she's like, what's that? Never heard of it. So that's the level of, like... If people don't... there, There's potentially people out there who don't know something that iconic. Like, that song is one of those songs... Like I said, I thought everybody was born just knowing it existed. It's, like, ingrained in us. Like, how birds fly south for the fucking winter. It was just one of those things everybody knew. Nope. So it would very much surprise me if I pulled... Ten people right now off of my fucking Facebook list, ra- at random. I would, I would gather nine of them. Have no idea what the fuck right is.
0: Well, I, I, I say this with all love in my heart, but Casey, I think you might need better friends.
1: Well, I've known that for years, <laughs> but
0: because that's like so upsetting to me. That makes me almost want to cry. Like I mm-hmm. might, hey, I might get off this podcast and cry today. <laughs> Um, which isn't unusual for me, but but even more so today. Yeah, that's 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 messed up for me. Like I feel like
1: I would bet my if, wife doesn't know. If I were to pull her in here right now and ask her if she knew yeah. Fright Night was from 1985, she'd have had no fucking clue. She probably well, wouldn't even realize s- the, the the second one came out. We watched it <laughs> together like two weeks ago, and she wouldn't have. She'd be like, "What's that?"
0: Uh, I'm definitely not going to tell you to get a better wife, but I am, because she puts up with you, so, like, God bless her, you know, she's probably the same, but I will say that uh, maybe just educate her a little bit more, you know, like, expose her to more, because this is... Well, that's the thing. It it has to do with... necessary.
1: It has to do with caring. (laughs) Yeah. Right? If you don't care about movies, or you don't care about horror movies or whatever, you ain't going to give a shit.
0: Yeah, I guess. And there are some people who...
1: uh, I'm 100% certain I have this friend, uh, he... His his life is eating, breathing, and sleeping. Landscaping, you know, he fucking mows four hundred lawns a day and tills a thousand gardens. That's his life. I, I guarantee he hasn't seen a movie since two thousand three.
0: Jesus. Well, y- y- you know, <laughs> I think your point is why remake something people don't care as much about. Which I have a response to that, but also I would say that we're just film is definitely not for your friends or your wife or your landscaper friend. But I'm just saying,
1: like, the general public. Like, yeah, this film is made for horror fans and fans of the horror genre. But if you're... That's what I'm saying, like, if you're going to remake something and hope that it does well at the box office because of the name of it, Fright Night, I don't think, is the one to choose.
0: Well, horror always... Not always, but generally does reasonably well at the box office. Yeah, because it um, costs dirt
1: cheap to make.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I—I I, I mean, like I said, I think that look. This was during a time where I think just about every horror film imaginable was remade. Um, so well, yeah, this, this is was in like string between 2006
1: yeah. and 2015 ish.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, they were making they were remaking the big names. They were making a ton of like obscure Japanese horror films, obscure mm-hmm. for mainstream, um, American audiences. Um, because the ring did so well. Yeah. And then the Grudge, oh, yeah, and then well, it was like every, yeah. it, but I mean those films, like, um, most even kind of diehard horror fans in America didn't know a good chunk of those films. And I granted right. most of them were garbage and poorly executed. Um, but they still remade them because they were, like, cashing in on a craze. So you mm-hmm. have to also think it's not just about the film you choose. It's like, okay, people are, like, hungry for horror remakes and hungry for, you know, seeing fresh takes yeah. on these franchises. But also, I, I I think, I mean, again, I can be completely wrong. I think Friday Night is a big enough name. Now, granted, it is not, again, it's not Friday 13th, and mm-hmm. most things are not. But I do think, I think there was some buzz about this. And and, and granted, a lot of people are like, what, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you doing mm-hmm. this? but I do think most people care that it was being remade. You know what I think I most people
1: cared about? Like, maybe in, again, like horror movie circles, there might have been some buzz about it being remade, but I think the bigger buzz was around the cast. Colin Farrell, Emoja Poots, Christopher Mintz Plassie, all those names at the time were big fucking names. Mm-hmm. If you remake this movie with an unknown cast, it does nothing at the box office.
0: Well, and, you know, I will also say, I mean, I don't know. That's hard. I can't know if that's true. Right. It's hard to say. You can't, um, I can't
1: say that for certain, but you have to imagine, you know, a third, even a third of the people who went to go see it saw it because of the cast.
0: But I also mentioned recently the Suspiria remake, Mm -hmm. which I do think is, I mean, talk about niche. I I don't (laughs) think that from my experience- And again, this is like I feel like it's sacrilegious not to know that film and not to like love and appreciate the original film Mm -hmm. in my my heart. But I also know just because I interact with a lot of horror lovers that that's not it's not a mainstream. The original is not a mainstream horror fan. It's not something a lot of people have a lot of passion and love for. Um, And that was a that was a passion project. I mean, that's the filmmaker who remade that film did it strictly because he was like because I saw an interview with him I mean Mm -hmm. like an in-person interview with him I went to a screening Mm -hmm. and he was there and talking about it and it was all about he was like I'm obsessed with film I love this film it's my favorite film and I have never wanted anything more than to be able to be a part of celebrating its legacy right which is sort of a different reason and that's not it was never meant to be like you know when you remake Suspiria that That's not you're not going to have like thousands of people like an opening weekend, like rushing out to see that film. It's 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 playing to a very specific audience. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's it sort of depends on. It was like when we talked about Rob Zombie's Halloween versus the Friday 13th remake. It depends. Are you making something for everyone, for the masses? Right. Are you making something to make as much money as possible? Are you making something that's an artistic vision that's going to play to a very specific audience? Right. Um, And both of those are completely fine as long as you're kind of you kind of know what you want and you're transparent about it you know
1: right but I mean I don't think Friday the thir- or not Friday, uh, Fright Night was as much of a passion project as Suspiria was uh, for the remake purposes because you don't cast that cast if you're not trying to make some money that's an expensive cast I'm sure Colin Farrell didn't do it for free
0: yeah, I mean, it costs... That's why I said... Uh,
1: like, for a horror movie, you think well, you said it was it, $31 million or something like that? Cost, $30 right? million. It, it costs yeah. a
0: decent amount. I mean, that's still pretty, it's pretty, pretty low compared to... It's pretty low, to, but it's
1: pretty high compared to most horror
0: movies, mm-hmm,
1: right? Mm-hmm. I mean, look at fucking Paranormal Activity. It costs like $15,000 to make. And it makes fucking don't think, $3 trillion.
0: I think it's fine to say, yeah, we want to we make money. I, I don't think casting... Listen, if you're a filmmaker... It, yeah. It's like you only cast. Well, I'm gonna finish my thought. Hold on, okay. Okay. I'm just trying to word it. <laughs> <laughs> you only ca- for the most part you cast unknowns because that's what you can afford, right? If you're making a film and a studio says here's thirty million dollars, mm-hmm. you have access to this level of talent. Of course, you're gonna be like, fuck yeah! Right. Like if I'm making a film, like I would be passionate about Fright Night. If I was remaking Fright Night, I'd be passionate about it. I'd be like, oh my god, this is this exciting, like I'm mm-hmm. a part of something that I care about. And yet, if you told me, and you could have David Tennant as Peter Vincent, I'd be like, hell to the fucking <laughs> yes. That doesn't mean me less passionate. That means I'm like, holy shit. No, I I'm... can actually bring my vision to life in this, like I can get talent that is able to actually bring my vision to life in a way that is very respectful of the material. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's not no. a...
1: no. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that per se, but you have to... Curb expectations, I think, a little bit when uh, shit like that happens. So the studio gives you thirty million dollars to work with; they want that back. So they're they your artistic integrity is going to take a little bit of a hit when there's that much money involved. Generally, generally speaking, if a studio gives you thirty million dollars, they're not going to be like, "Go make an art house film on an eight millimeter film camera." They're going to be like, "You're spending the money because we want the money back." Mm-hmm. So. In a, in a sense, when that happens, if it's a true passion project and it's independently funded or something like that, the inter- artistic integrity is 100% yours. When the studios get involved, you don't know what's going to happen. So I think it, it's hard to remake something. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm saying it's, it's difficult to remake something with passion or make anything with passion when there is a ton of money involved that's not your own money because suddenly you don't have the final say in everything.
0: I mean, I I would say I sort of agree and disagree with that. Um, I think the level of studio involvement definitely varies on the project and how much trust they have, who the studio is, um, who's backing it, how much faith they have in the filmmaker. I mean, there's plenty of filmmakers who work with big budgets who, are, who get, like, a lot of autonomy. Um, yeah, but that's and after I also years think- and
1: years and years of credit, like Steven Spielberg, like Warner Brothers would hand him a bajillion dollars and be like, "Go ahead, do your thing," right? Because he's who he is. But you know, I, I don't even know who directed the fucking remake of Fright Night. Do you, listeners uh- at home? As we I, all look it up at the same time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I can't tell you off the top of my head. I would have to look it up.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It was. That's not the right thing. Craig Gillespie.
0: But crickets. I mean, <laughs>
1: right? I like, think.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay. Look, listen, but but that does not mean that the studios like interfere just because he doesn't have that much clout. I mean, there's plenty oh, he of
1: directed uh, Cruella. Interesting.
0: There's plenty of stories of it. It depends on who's financing your film, right? And like how much they're spending and what their expectations are, and how, like, also, you might have like big names supporting behind the scenes who are kind of like advocating for you, mm-hmm. um, and and that helps too. Like when we talk about the Evil Dead um, remake coming up, I mean that had like Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell behind it, like. Producing it and funding it, and like, and they spend a good amount of money too. But also, like, that's like, they that that's passionate people involved in the financing side as well as the creative side. So, I d- and I don't know the backstory of this. I don't know. You know, I I don't know. Like, well, hey, I, go ahead.
1: I'm reading some <laughs> interesting production company names here. Okay, so it was released by Touchstone. It was. Produced by DreamWorks and distributed by Disney. Mm-hmm. I did not expect any of those names to appear. Yeah. <laughs> with this movie.
0: I mean, I guess is your point. Are you feeling like... Because I didn't feel like... I feel that way sometimes when I watch film, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this feels like studio interference. This feels like they had to... Recut it at the last minute because some, you know, test audience said whatever, and you could tell like it's poorly. But like the New Mutants is a great example of that. Um, yeah, of I watched studio that interference. Okay. How um, the hell did you know that? I don't know, but it's horrific. Um,
1: <laughs> it's not good.
0: And I didn't feel that way at all with this. Like this felt like if it wasn't the original artistic vision. I, I mean, if they had studio interference, they did a good job, which is rare. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I guess I, I don't know. Like if you're just
1: no, I'm just speaking generally, not necessarily uh-huh. with this one, per se. Um, it did feel, I don't know, like polished, like it had studio polish to it. You know, it didn't feel gritty. It felt very safe in certain spots. Um, like I said, like with the, having the, the the friends kind of like drift apart, like they could have done more with that. That felt very lazy. Um, In my opinion, whether that was the original or, like, studio interference, was like, no, these guys have to be like this to make it seem familiar. Could be the case. I I don't know. I mean, we can speculate all day about if there was a ton of studio interference, any studio interference, or they just cut it and shipped it. But I I don't, like, if you were to compare this to Suspiria, what one feels more like the artistic passion piece? I mean just just which one both i i can't
0: they're not they're not their movies are worlds apart i'm i could never compare them i know the backstory of suspiria Mm -hmm. um i heard the filmmaker talk about it so i know like where he was coming from um i don't know that with fright night that's just my ignorance um i just haven't done the research on that um so, so that's a little hard because like, the only reason I talk about is because so I, I just know. I happen to know and I happen to be super passionate about that original film. And right. I remember when that remake got announced, I was angrier than I've ever been about a remake. I was so furious. And it was one of those where I kind of had to eat my words. I was like, you know what? I was wrong. Like, they didn't. This wasn't a a bastardization of something sacred. You know, this was a love letter to something that, that the filmmakers is just as passionate about as I am. So... Uh, I I sort of like backtracked but when it first when they first announced it I was like oh you sons of bitches like how (laughs) how fucking dare you what are you doing I was so angry Mm -hmm. um I should find some like old tweets or something um (laughs) but but this I mean this is a totally different film approach a totally different way for totally different audience like I I don't think that there's it's it's apples to oranges Mm -hmm. um but I felt like I felt from watching it which is the only like interpretation i have is that it was done with love and reverence for the original material mm-hmm. um and i think that they struck the absolute perfect balance and it's very very hard to do i think they've struck the perfect balance of this is very respectful of the source material it doesn't piss me off that they're what they're changing doesn't piss me off mm-hmm. but they are changing enough to where i'm like okay, I see why you wanted to remake this, and I'm not angry that you just basically took a perfect film and, like, redid it and called it your own, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why would you even do that? Uh, I'd, uh, again, I think that that's, that's not easy to do. Um, one tiny misstep in the wrong direction, and it's, you know, you're pissing everybody off left and right. Um, you're either completely forgettable, like where a lot of the films we've talked about, you know, have kind of fallen into that trap, mm-hmm. or you are so divisive that it just, like, alienates all the fans, like we talked about with uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween, mm-hmm. it's 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 incredibly difficult, and I was so impressed by how well they walked that line in this film, it's just, I really, I feel like I'm, like, keeping tons of praise on it, but I really can't say enough good stuff I was like, after I watched it with fresh eyes this time, I was like god damn, you know, like, they they, like, knew their shit, and they did a great job, there's really nothing like, if you were, like, okay, what would you change? Go back and recast the film, or, you know, one one character, or change one storyline, or, you know, do something. Normally you could do that. You could be like, yeah, well, most of it worked, but I hated this character, or I didn't like this storyline, or I thought this scene could have been better. Um, for me, I thought it was just really solid from beginning to end, in my personal opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I enjoyed it. I'm just picking at things I don't necessarily 100% like, but... I mean when you have the the production companies involved that were involved with this you're going to get at least a high quality film. You know like Disney doesn't half ass anything. Dreamworks I can't see them half assing anything and Steven Spielberg fucking worked on it too. It says here he provided a great deal of input in the filmmaking process such as storyboarding scenes and assistance with editing. So you're going to get high quality shit. Andrew. Oh, did you? Yes meh see i told you this, to listen to your i first.
0: know you don't this is very upsetting <laughs> you need to start listening to me <laughs>
1: it's also been like 40 minutes since then so
0: oh okay <laughs> you
1: know um, yeah but yeah with, with the, the the amount of money involved the production involved it's going to be it does run the risk of feeling generic
0: well can um, i just interject and say i disagree to say that money and studio involvement automatically means you're going to get a good film because I'm not there's I'm saying I'm
1: saying the <laughs> studios involved when was the last time Disney put out something shit yeah mm. exactly
0: well I, I I could say some things that have not been received well
1: whether you, I, you personally like it or not
0: well some of their live action remakes have been pretty like hated on and I haven't seen them so I can't comment on them which is why I was like well I... right okay
1: fair enough like the live action remakes <laughs> those are those are fucking blatant obligatory money grabs cuz they need more money cuz avengers didn't make 3 billion dollars at the box office right um
0: yeah love hate relationship with disney yeah like, me too like i
1: i don't generally like their movies but i can't deny that they're well made they're, they're they're like objectively we talk about objectively good or bad movies these are objectively well made movies you can see that there's polish yeah. to them right um sure which is, i mean yeah But at the same time, it does run the risk of sometimes feeling generic. And I I do feel that fright. And I toes the line. I'm not saying it crosses it, but I'm saying there are parts of it that feel just generic. Just every horror movie or every movie that features teenagers has these aspects to them. There wasn't a lot of originality with some of the writing and some of the character development. I don't say it's bad. I'm just saying it's generic. Generic can be fine.
0: I, I mean, I get it. I mean, tropes are tropes. Like, it's it's hard to avoid them. But if you know um, they're there,
1: you can easily avoid them. It's like well, seeing a pothole in the road and being like, "Oh, that's four meters or like half a mile in front of me. I can see it. I could go well, around not it, or I could just drive right through it." Well, so potholes it, can be fun sometimes. <laughs> all
0: right, listen. Right. It's like if you're watching <laughs> if you're watching a slasher film sometimes like when I see tropes, like sometimes I might I roll my eyes and be like, oh, of course. But also like I kind of want those tropes because that's kind of why I love like I'm like, oh, you're having sex in the woods, you know, like in a in a right, Friday but 13th those... movie. I'm like, OK, this is tropey. Yes. But but like, it's
1: obvious. It's, it's made that it's like it. a Joke at that point. It's when you make the tropes serious. You know, it's like how many in the past few years, how many teen dramas like extreme teen dramas had dealt with, like, school shootings, it's the easy thing to go to, it's the easy fucking route to take to create some sort of shock and drama, it's tropey as fuck, and they take it seriously, because it's a school shooting, obviously, so it's one of those things where it's like, you could choose any other tragedy you, to, to befell these students, why choose that one? Because it's tropey. But it's a serious I disagree. trope, and I—I I, I,
0: I mean, I just disagree with you there. I—I
1: I, I mean, maybe because you're in America and it's what happens every 45 seconds. And, and from an outside perspective, it seems like, oh my god, here we go again.
0: Well, I think that's part of the—well, we're gonna get political here. I, that's part of the fucking <laughs> problem is that people are like, oh, here we go again. It's like, no, this is still like the most like horrific unbelievable tragedy ever and we should still be shocked by it and we should still be appalled by it and we should, right. should still be I'm not like, saying you shouldn't horrified be, by it and there's nothing I'm wrong with making films it, about it but it, like, throwing I, it I into
1: think. a movie or a show or something is just it, it, it's it's the easy way out as well, terrible as that sounds
0: real horror reflects real the real fear i mean there's a reason why depending on when the film is made there are you will see common threads in a lot of the horror films. It's because yes. horror is reflecting the fears of the day. And this is a very real and prevalent fear of the day.
1: Well, for a very specific part of the world.
0: Well, for, you know, I'm an American. So, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. deal with this like on a daily basis. And right. I, it never stops horrifying me when I see it in real life or portrayed e- even, you know, in fiction. Right. Um. But, but, again. It's a
1: trope in fiction to do that.
0: I don't I see I, I think I again like I'm, be... I'm talking from an
1: outside perspective yeah. not an American somebody who doesn't have guns in their lives I, I've never seen a gun in real life where I live ever like I've seen on a cop's hip maybe but other than that I've never held a gun never shot a gun never even been in within 15 feet of a gun and every time I see oh great this is going to end in a school shooting Oh there it goes lazy like come on. It's just, that's the way I feel about that. And that's probably how I think a lot of people outside of America feel about that.
0: I mean, that's fine. It's like, that's why a lot of Americans, when they, they don't watch foreign horror films, because they're like, I don't get it. I don't find it scary. Like, I don't Like, why are there all these cultural references? Ugh. Right. I mean, there is something to be said for, you know, films reflecting the culture that they are made within um, that happens everywhere, not just in America. Um, I, I personally love foreign films so much um, and I love to watch films that reflect different cultures and, and things. And it's fascinating to me that like what's what's scary in Japan is very different from what's scary in America. It's very different from what's scary in Europe. Um, mm-hmm. And I I find that incredibly fascinating and I love to see films. Like For me, it's not trope at all. I think it's like a reflection of that culture. It and can still what be
1: tropey is a reflection of a culture. Well,
0: I I feel like I don't know. If your is I mean, a
1: trope then
0: I <laughs> don't. No, no, I think you might be misusing the word trope. I don't want to I don't want to like argue with you about it. Like I don't think saying a common thread is necessarily trope sort of implies like for me it's like, "Oh, okay, like like we talk about in a slasher like, "Oh, if you have sex, you're going to die." Like that's a trope.
1: Right.
0: Say using a common uh Thematic over time, isn't over time, it trope.
1: becomes a trope. If it's used oh. enough, it becomes a trope. Okay. Right.
0: I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's basically what it means.
1: <laughs> Every uh, okay. everybody who has sex in a horror movie dies. That's a trope. Every mm-hmm. bullied kid shoots up a school. That's a trope.
0: Okay. What right? is your point here, though? <laughs>
1: I don't know. We've gone off topic from what my original <laughs> point was. All right. Oh, the, like the, the the friendship in the, the fucking movie, right? Like I said, it, it goes, oh, they were best friends up until two years ago. And then he got popular. He got muscles or whatever. Now he forgets his best friend because he's got the hot chick. I'm like, how many times have you seen that? That could have been changed. But that's where I feel like maybe the studio interference maybe came in or mm-hmm. whatever the case might be to make it feel more familiar to the general audience. It's a little nitpicky thing, but it's one of those things where I'm like, they could have done that better. If you're looking for things to improve, which you asked me, what would you improve? I would improve some of that, the character development.
0: Yeah, I didn't actually. <laughs> I just said that I wouldn't have changed anything. <laughs> no,
1: you said if you could go back and change maybe the cast or this or that. What well, I was would you saying, do?
0: yeah. Well, I was saying that from my perspective, like, if oh, I asked myself, like... I didn't realize not it was that,
1: rhetorical. N- right.
0: Not that okay. you aren't allowed to answer. I was just saying, yeah, I was, I was kind of wondering... That's why I was just wondering where you were going with that. Because you oh, sort okay. of started talking about tropes yeah. and stuff. And I was yeah. like, wait, what is happening? Um, I do know that I was going to say that I actually think that they... You talk about doing stuff generic or predictable. I think that they... I liked how they changed up the characters in unexpected ways. Like I think um, Amy's character is a really good example of that. Really loved what they did with her in this one. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in the original, she's really just sort of your typical damsel in distress, sort of like she doesn't, she's great. Like the, the actress is great. Like I'm not, I'm not hating on her. She just doesn't have a lot of agency. She doesn't have a lot of like um, oomph to her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she, she's she's sort of just like um, stuff happens to her and she's a reason for the plot moving along but she right. is not uh, she's not an active agent. And in this one um, Amy's a badass. Like she's not only is she super hot and you know just awesome mm-hmm. but she's like you know she holds her own. She's like super smart and funny and like. Um,
1: well that's part of the modernization too right. You know she
0: has depth and yeah and I and right. I I kind of ate that shit up. I loved it. Yeah. Um, oh, she was a good character. And, and I loved, uh, we talked about, it. I love what they did with Peter Vincent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I, in the friendship thing didn't bother me at all. Um, didn't, I thought it was actually pretty interesting how they changed that dynamic and how they changed um, Charlie's role a little bit of kind of like who he is and, and what his sort of backstory is. Um, I love the mom. I, I don't know. I thought that they, I thought it was very fresh and original and yeah, didn't I, find it at all like, oh, God, here we go again. You know, right. I mean,
1: I mean, like so. So I didn't hate it. I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, but it's my job to piss you off and find things it? to talk about. Yes. That's why you, that's you pay me job. every week.
0: Yeah. I don't pay you at all. And also, I never she think that's in your job millions, description.
1: Millions. To- my name is literally loathing.
0: Like, you know, but Casey, sometimes it's okay to like something. (laughs) Like no one's going to sometimes I don't like something. That happens sometimes.
1: I've liked things. We've taught yeah.
0: Yeah. No, you have. You have. Sometimes. Yeah. But I think I think the
1: the the Hellraiser movie, Jesus Christ.
0: I think you feel guilty when you do it. Like I I think you're like guilty. (laughs) You're like, Well, I like it, but maybe I don't. Maybe I hate it.
1: (laughs) If we don't bicker, nobody's gonna give a shit.
0: Oh, maybe they'll be like, I want to hear people talk about something I love and be passionate about it. And maybe there's some joy in that. I don't know. Fucking no, call us and tell us what you think. Yeah, maybe well, I'm wrong. Some people
1: have done that. So, you know, but okay. Okay. We've spent enough time on okay. right Night. Let's move on to Evil Dead.
0: Can we listen before we do that? Um, it's been
1: 50 minutes.
0: I shut the fuck up. It's going to take two <laughs> seconds. Uh, five word review. This is a oh, thing we are going right. yeah, to from now yeah, on.
1: Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Go for it.
0: Okay. I actually have two. Um, oh. The well, that's first ten-word review, then you, you the just... first. Well, because the first one's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, and then the second one's my real review. Oh, Okay. So here's my tongue-in-cheek review. I thought that they is were only... supposed
1: to be tongue-in-cheek regardless. So I've only got Shut. one. <laughs> Shut.
0: Shh. Silence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the first. Um. The first one is a shout-out to people who listened to last week's episode where we talked about Amityville Horror.
1: Mm-hmm. You mean one one second?
0: Well, okay. Do you, Cassie, do you want me to get through this or not? Or do you want to spend go. an hour and a half okay, talking about this?
1: Go, go, go.
0: <laughs> so my first review is even better than Ryan's abs, Ooh. which is a big statement there, guys. Ooh, that's blasphemy. So if you don't, it's not, well, if you don't, uh, if you don't know uh, what I'm talking about, listen to that episode. Um, and my real quote unquote review. I don't review,
1: much context either, though, to be fair. No,
0: Rob's not, but... <laughs> uh, <laughs> My real five-word review is I fucking love this movie.
1: Okay, then. Well, my five-word review is David Tennant wears tight pants.
0: Mm. That's even better than Ryan's abs part. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it it, it, it works for as a tongue-in-cheek and real review. Yeah. Because, you know, it tells you what's going on, it gives you reason to watch it, and it's kind of funny.
0: Yes, well done. Thank you. Okay. Um wow, that was we I feel like we've been through something after that one. Um so we're going to we're going to now talk about Evil Dead uh 2013. Um and Evil Dead was directed by Fede Alvarez in his feature directorial debut. It's the fourth installment in the Evil Dead franchise and it serves as a soft reboot continua- slash continuation of the original film series. It was produced by Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, and Robert Tapert, who are the producers of the original trilogy. So, as we mentioned before, we've got, like, you know, a real kind of passionate Mm behind-the-scenes thing happening. Um, Raimi and Campbell had actually talked about doing a remake for many years. Mm -hmm. Um, But in 2009, Campbell stated that the proposed remake was going nowhere and had fizzled due to extremely negative fan reaction. (laughs) Um, Which is kind of what we talked about where Mm -hmm. this is one of those properties that uh, people are real passionate about. And Mm -hmm. it's real easy to piss them off. Mm -hmm. Um, However, in April of 2011, he stated stated in an AMA on Reddit, We are remaking Evil Dead. The script is awesome. The remake's going to kick some ass. You have my word. Mm -hmm. The film first received an NC-17 rating, Mm -hmm. which prompted cuts in order to obtain the contractually obligated R rating. It world premiered at South by and was theatrically released in the US on April 5th, 2013. It did really well. The film grossed 97 million worldwide against a production budget of only 17 million. Um, On Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of 63% and the consensus states, it may lack the absurd humor that underlined the original, but the new Evil Dead compensates with brutal terror, gory scares, and gleefully bloody violence. On CinemaScore, audiences gave the film an average grade of C+. Um. So, with that little setup out of the way, <laughs> uh, do, you, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first?
1: I'm curious about two things. Yes, sir. I'm curious about, A, what you felt about it, and B, what you okay. think I felt about it.
0: Oof, okay. Okay. I'll do my part really fast because I don't want to (laughs) monopolize. Tiny, tiny, tiny bit of backstory. Uh, I'm one of those people who fucking love this franchise, love the original. (laughs) Um, Big fan. When I heard about the remake, I was also like, "Mm." Um, as I was with most of the remakes during this time period. Um, uh, I really liked it a whole lot for totally different reasons than Fright Night um I think it's pretty just like that critical consensus I read on Rotten Tomatoes it is extremely brutal it's extremely like intense I think they really nail the atmosphere um it's all practical which I freaking love and I think the makeup effects uh the practical effects are are pretty incredible and pretty impressive um given, you know, and I've read some behind the scenes and how the making of this, and it's just insane what they went through to make this film Um, and the sort of, like, passion involved. Um, And I think it's genuinely scary. It's not fun, like Fright Night. It's not one of those watches where you're like, yay, I'm having a great time. Like, it sort of, like, takes you on this really, like, dark ride, and it's relentless. It never lets up. Starts off fucked up. It just gets more and more fucked up every frame of the film. You leave, the ending is not hopeful or happy. It's just, it's just bleak and brutal, and I kind of fucking love it for that. What I think you think about it, oof, God, I never <laughs> get this right. I I think there's a chance you like this. Okay. I could be wrong, I probably am, but I think that there's a chance that, uh, there's a chance you might dig this. I think it's a pretty pretty well done remake, but uh, yeah, let me hear it.
1: Okay, so I have to preface this with okay. I don't have much of an attachment to the original franchise. Um, I saw it, or them, I guess I should say, uh, and I thought they were okay for what they were at the time, you know? I mean, it, I saw it very late in life, I would say, I'd probably in my early 20s by the time I saw the first uh, Evil Dead. Um, and You know, it's hard at that time with all the advancements to go back and look at it. It's kind of silly. It's kind of goofy with like Mm -hmm. the the makeup is like, okay, that just looks like somebody in drag sometimes. And, you know, it's hard to get back. So Mm -hmm. I don't have a huge attachment to this franchise. Uh, So when I heard it was being remade, I had zero feelings about it either way, good or bad. It was Mm -hmm. just sort of like, oh, there, another horror movie is coming out. Uh, And then I watched it i remember i I saw it the first i didn't see it in theaters i saw it after release sometime on video and my initial reaction back in 2013 was this is probably one of the best pure horror movies i've seen in a long time
0: nice
1: and going back to it in this week i still think that holds I still think it's one of the, in the past 15, 20 years, is, one, is still one of the best pure horror movies to come out. It doesn't pull any punches. It doesn't mm-hmm. try to sucker you in with anything. It doesn't try to make you feel things you're not supposed to feel. And that's kind of like, you know, how I get with a lot of, um, you know, like it has a, its identity. It knows its identity. It doesn't try to scout, scurry out of that. It, it just, it is what it is, exactly what it is. And it does it very, very well. You mentioned the uh, practical effects, um, which Mm -hmm. I appreciate. I fucking hate special effects when they don't need special effects or when movies are 100% CGI with, like, just one person in a green suit and the only real thing in the shot is their face. Um, You know, shit like that is kind of dumb. So especially in horror movies, I really appreciate the practical effects and it's very difficult to pull them off um, without, you know, using some sort of post-processing power. Um, which obviously they do, but, you know, not to create anything, which is nice. Uh, The story's fine. It it does, you know, it builds up a little bit of, you know, emotional connection. The girl's trying to get clean off of whatever is meth or coke or whatever. Um, And they're there. It builds up. It gives them a reason to be there. They're just not like, oh, it's party weekend, bro. Let's go party, you know. So it gives them a a nice purpose for being there. Yeah. And uh, it also helps move the plot along in the sense that when she starts acting out and being crazy, they just think she's going through withdrawals.
0: Yeah. I thought it All was right. a really clever setup.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and then, you know, like the acting in it is the only one, the only one person I didn't like. And, and it's not even that I didn't like, I liked the least I should say is the, the main character brother, the main male oh, character. Okay. Uh, I thought his performance was kind of like lackluster at certain points. Uh, I just See, don't I didn't he... like
0: Eric. I thought he did a good job, like the actor did a good job, but mm-hmm. that character pissed well, the character, me yeah, off. That's, yeah, that's supposed
1: to be the character you hate, right? Yeah. Um, but the, the, the I, I just don't, like, it, the character of the brother was fine. I mean, yeah, he's set up to be like this douchebag who kind of abandons people, um, but he's there now, so it's like the redemption arc before, you know, we even know that it's a redemption arc. Uh, but I just think his his acting wasn't, Super great. Like there's there's one scene near the end where uh, Jane Levy's character is like screaming her fucking head off and she's selling the scene. And he's like, oh, no, not this. No. I'm like, okay, you kind of missed the beat on that one. Um, but everybody else I thought performed very, very well, especially Jane Levy. I thought she was fucking fantastic in this movie.
0: My first line of my notes is Jane Levy is so awesome in this. What they put this girl through holy shit like Mm -hmm. she's a fucking rock star
1: yeah well I mean like by the end of it you feel like it's actually happening to her which it probably is like when the car is on her hand she's like fuck I'm so done with this I feel like that was improv
0: (laughs) yeah she um not to not to derail us but she she gave interviews after this and she was like I'm never doing another fucking horror movie again. That was, like, <laughs> the worst experience of my life. And then, like, afterwards, and she did Don't Breathe with Fetty, so she mm-hmm, did a mm-hmm. second film with him. She said that once she got, once she saw the film, she saw how well it was done, and she got some, like, distance from it. She was, like, really proud of the work, and then she was excited to work with him again. But right. she said, like, it was, like, such a hellacious experience filming this, and she talked about The hours and the the how long the practical effects took and how Mm -hmm. much she had to endure. She had an ear infection for like three months from the blood that got in her ear, and she said, and the doctor said it was like the most infected ear canal he'd ever seen. Like she, she really like they in real life. This girl fucking suffered for her art like as almost as much as the girl on screen. So it's super impressive what she did, and I think she just like nails this performance.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. if it's not a remake, it's still even a good fucking horror movie without the Evil Dead yeah. name attached to it, right? And that's what I mean by, like, a pure horror movie. Um,
0: Absolutely, yeah. And
1: I think it's actually scary in spots.
0: Mm-hmm, okay, uh, I think you, so, too.
1: Like, when she she's locked in the basement, and the uh, the other girl, the blonde girl, goes down uh, for some Can you hear the fucking... Somebody's car alarm's going off in my parking lot. Some of a bitch, I man. do,
0: but it's real faint. Don't worry okay, about
1: it. Okay, okay, well... It's sound effects, people. It's
0: it's okay. I got Nobody a soundboard going on, yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> and uh, she's going down to the basement. And then she like pulls out the exact knife and like cuts her tongue in half, right?
0: Uh, yeah, I like I had that. To look away. Those, yeah.
1: those, yeah. I mean, it's hard to watch, and it's and it's kind
0: sort of, of that scene is sort of like rapey and molesty a little bit too. Like, well, the whole also, movie is. Yeah, but also <laughs> being like disturbing and scary at the same time, and like yeah. so, it's like the level of the level of discomfort I felt watching this was pretty intense, but that sounds like it's a bad thing. It was actually a really good thing, but it's just like, I was tense the whole time. I felt uncomfortable. I felt stressed, which is what it tried, which was what I wanted to do.
1: Yeah. And it does it without making you feel uh, like dirty or grimy, like some of the other movies we've watched. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre tries to do that, but that's the setting, right? It's supposed to be like the very hot deep South and everybody's sweaty and dirty all the time. Um, And that's not what you get here. You get like, an uncomfortable feeling without feeling gross, I find, mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, it's just... Um, yeah, it, it just... It moves along at a good pace. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't immediately go to shit, you know. Um, it, it's just one of those... It's just a well-done movie. And I really liked it. And like I said, this is maybe my third or fourth time seeing it as well. And uh, sometimes you, when you do that, you find things to nitpick and complain about. But I can't find much like I, I wrote a few notes for it and I mean yeah. th- the only thing I can think of is some of the character depth between uh, you know the brother and sister I thought was a little bit meh uh, but I think they I think that just has to do with the the actor not Jane Levy but the whoever the fuck the main guy was the brother mm-hmm. I just didn't think he was a particularly good actor And it takes a lot to sell horror. Like, people say, oh, horror's cheap, and you can't act, you do horror if you can't act. Well, no, I mean, you know how hard it is to fucking pretend to be scared? Like, (laughs) it's not easy. Um, And I just think he didn't sell it. Uh, And the other thing, if it doesn't have the Evil Dead name attached to it, it's still a good horror movie, but I can see it being, like, a generic zombie possession movie. Those are really the only nitpicks I have.
0: I actually was torn between, because, you know, I, I, I'm pretty proud of myself that I predicted that you might like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did worry that you were going to say that it was just sort of generic and forgettable. Um, I have heard that. I, I wouldn't say from other forgettable.
1: People. No, definitely not forgettable. It has too many memorable moments to be forgettable. Like, there's scenes that stick with you. And, and, and if that's the case, it can't be forgettable, <laughs> you know, like the yeah. tree raping the girl, essentially, and uh, the, the tongue cutting scene. All the deaths are super gruesome and pretty creative. Yeah. Um, and that's because Sam, Sam Raimi was part of this. You know, I'm sure he had some say and they went to him for some advice and on, you know, what should we do here? How would how would you have done this if you had the budget? And that was one of the notes I actually wrote down. I was like, if this if Sam Raimi made this movie in 1985 for the budget. Equivalent that he had to make this one, what would he have done the same thing? And I think probably yes. Like he would have done something closer to what we got in 2013 than what we got in 1985.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's it's that's a fair point. It's that's hard to obviously that's hard to know. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I think it's really well surprisingly well done like it real this movie really surprised me mm-hmm. um the first time i watched it it surprised me i was like holy shit that was good i remember thinking that i was like wow i was not expecting i wasn't expecting that
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and then you know it, when i rewatch it's just as when i i had that wonderful that pleasant surprise when you rewatch film you're like shit i forgot how good this was you know yeah, like you yeah. kind of vaguely remember Liking it but I didn't remember how sort of visceral it was and how And I think I did I remember the intensity because when I was trying to decide like I put it off to the last minute Mm -hmm. not because I don't like it but because I remember it. making me feel heavy you know like it affected me (laughs) in that sort of like way where i was like oh now i feel bad and that's not again not a negative at all about this film that's what it was supposed to do and it did an amazing job at it it's just i was like oh this isn't gonna be fun like it's not a it's not something you're like okay get the popcorn and let's like have fun with this it's like you got to be in the mood for fucking horror and when you are like it delivers in spades like it's i watched it very late at night all the lights off um it's creepy as shit and it, it really nails like it's atmospheric it's tense every like you said every death scene is fucking just brutal and they go on forever and not in a <laughs> yeah. bad way it's like in a good way because you're just like holy shit this is yeah. still getting more and more fucked up with yeah. the girl that um
1: with to shower
0: the, the no well yes but the um the nurse who uh cuts, like, her, cuts face her face. Off. That's
1: what I meant by like the, the it takes place in the shower. Oh like, yeah, the bathroom um area.
0: I thought you meant with Jan Levy because she no, was like scalding no. that's herself, also, which that's was also, also fucked up. up yeah. <laughs> uh, everything's fucked up. Um yeah. but that scene it feels like it lasts forever and it's so well done and it's so brutal and it's so just like, oh my god. Uh yeah, it's it's great for what it is, you know, and, and uh it's very impressive. It's really impressive what they were able to do, and like I said, the effects I thought were just like, I I, I made several notes throughout where I was like, "Holy shit, this looks good!" Like, <laughs> it really it, looks good. And
1: it's eight years old now, and it still it looks like modern, like super like last year sort of thing. You know, yeah. like I mean, obviously the technology is not going to change that much in that amount of time, but just the way it's told, it, it seems like it could be. I don't want to say timeless, but it could be one like a. a, a, a the classics that we talk about where Halloween, yeah. you can still watch it today and it holds up because it's just if it doesn't have an age to it per se. Um and I feel like that's this one. Uh, but I do disagree with yeah. you on one thing. Okay. Um you said you didn't have fun with it and you felt heavy and whatever afterwards. <laughs> I actually had a lot of fun with this movie. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I have to be careful when I say that because it sounds like the movie's not entertaining No, or no,
1: I, I know exactly what you mean. So, like, you can have a good movie that's not fun. I, I've mentioned this before, like, the movie Shame with uh, Michael Fassbender.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the best movies I've ever seen. I will never watch it again just because of the way it made me feel. Like, it resonated with me in a certain way. I'm like, God, I don't ever want to see this or experience this again. But it was masterful, the way it was told, yeah. the way it was shot. And I would recommend that movie to anybody in a heartbeat, but I would never—I don't want to ever watch it again, just because of the way it made me feel. It's still—it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. But yeah, I so I know what you mean by that. Like, and I understand when you say you didn't have fun with this because it's so gruesome and brutal, and you're just like, oh my god, like. Ugh. But I like I, I dig that when it comes to like the practical effects and stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean,
0: I I obviously do too. It's it's you know why I do what I do. It's it's that. There's no... So, like, Fright Night is, like, charming and funny. And it's yeah. still got, like... It's got some, like, gore and some... It's got horror elements for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's, like... Like, I had it's a really tough... This. I had a tough week. So, um, getting in the mood for something that was this, like, intense takes, like, a little bit of... I gotta be in the right kind of headspace for it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, So, Fright Night was perfect for the headspace that I was in when I was, like, Oh, my God, I had a tough day. I just need, like, comfort food. I need to, like watch something that's gonna make me feel good you know Mm -hmm. and then i can have fun with um and i think it nailed that and then this film is more the like all right like i'm really like bring on the fucking horror like i am ready to (laughs) go on this journey i'm ready to just like and um yeah so i had to kind of save it until like i was able to uh i was able to really like be in that headspace but it's i mean it's incredible it's really well done it's just not there's not a comedic moment in it which is fine and great because it's a totally different kind of film Mm -hmm. um so yeah you gotta really you gotta really like the the intense brutal bloody shit and if you do i think this film like delivers in spades
1: yeah yeah you know it's weird like i'm thinking about it now and you say that there's no comedy aspects to it you're right there's, there's i can't remember i'm sure somebody cracked a joke somewhere in there but i mean because they're friends hanging out for the first Probably time.
0: Probably like or, an uncomfortable joke in the middle of like bullshit. <laughs> yeah,
1: so you know, some like a same Sam Raimi sort of like joke, you know, tossed yeah. in there or something like kind of not inappropriate but just like out of t- place or out of time or something like that. Uh which makes it funny, but I mean, I can't recall, but the movie to me the way it's shot almost almost draws parallels to me for Midsummer, because it's not a particularly dark movie in the sense of, like, lighting and atmosphere. It takes place a lot of the time during the day until you get, like, obviously to the, the the climax near the end. But for it feels... It doesn't feel dark. It feels light to me, which is kind of an interesting, I guess, juxtaposition between the, you know, the, the content of it. And maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just remembering certain aspects of it in certain ways. But it feels like, it, like obviously... Um, what was it? uh, Cabin in the Woods is obviously like a huge like parody of this or the original or anything. But they feel similar in the same in storytelling and and cinematography and lighting and all that sort of stuff. So I didn't get that like super dark heaviness that maybe you did. Mm. And I think that's maybe the reason why. Because nothing is is really hidden. Everything you see is you see. There's no hidden jump scares really. It's all like the shock value. So it needs to be Everything in frame, everything's shot with good lighting, you know that sort of stuff. And maybe I'm crazy.
0: For me, I mean, I did make a note that it's shot really well. Like mm-hmm. everything looks really good. It's really high quality. Uh, for me, it's not about
1: the atmosphere, the,
0: the darkness. It's about like there. Yeah, there's an oppressive atmosphere. Like, yeah, you get that. And I think that I, was because
1: I yeah. Well, I think that's again because of like. It wasn't dark and gritty. It was brutal, but it wasn't gritty. You know, like like yeah. how Saw movies tend to feel. It didn't have that sort of feel. It had more gore, arguably, than a Saw movie, but it didn't have that grit. I guess I guess we could go back to the term polish. It had a polish to it. You hmm. know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I don't know. I think it's because... I felt like I think they did a really good job selling peril, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. from, from the, even, even before shit. Hit. Well, I mean, obviously they have like the, the pretty scare. I think it's a pretty scary. Well done opening the opening scene where they um, it's kind of the girl who got burned alive. who was possessed by a demon who oh, right, in, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. basement of the, the cabinet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought that was, and I actually wrote in my notes, um, This movie is not, not all caps messing around because I thought like right from the like get-go, I was like, okay, this is the kind of movie we're getting. Like it it does such a good job of like setting that tone. That was like like Amityville. Super fucked up. Yep. It had a very, yep, similar, similar vibe there. And I liked how, you know, it's the reveal of like, it's the girl's father who has like- is complicit in her kidnapping and has her mm-hmm. now like tied to this pole. And at first you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, is he part of this cult? What's happening? And, um, you know, she's doing that thing where she, which sets up like what's going to happen later with Mia, where she's like, daddy, I love you. Why are you mm-hmm. doing this to me? And then like, she's like, goes full on demon. And yeah. yeah, uh, I was like, so well done. So good. And then when they get to the cabin, even before she starts hitting the fan, you know, they set up the dynamic of like Mia being like the family dynamic, which I actually thought was believable and well done Um, mm-hmm. of like, okay. And I thought there were so many interesting things. Like not only is she trying to kick this drug habit, she's had an exp- in a past of not being able to do that. Mm-hmm. She's had a past of trauma. She's had a past. Like she loves her brother, but she feels like he hasn't been there for her. She's right. lost her mother, her mother, not only did she, did she lose her mother, but it wasn't to cancer. Her mother, like, like, had a Did, mental illness
1: and mm. Did she offer self? Um, or
0: is that they, unclear? They, it's not clear, but they do reference that she, um, she had a mental illness and she was in a, a mental hospital for a very long time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so that also... I think was really nice because when Nia starts going like fucking crazy because she's demon possessed, Mm -hmm. there's that worry of like, Oh, she's inherited this. Like she's Mm, literally crazy, you know, which I thought was really smart and well done. Um, But yeah, I felt like this oppressive energy and not because it was shot darkly or badly, but just because of the way that they created atmosphere and tension and mood. I was immediately like from the first frame, like, and then like when stuff started going bad, it went bad, like real. I wouldn't say real fast. There was a, there was a nice like build up, like we said. But once it started going bad, it like got batshit crazy real fast and mm-hmm. escalated real fast, and mm-hmm. it was worse and worse and worse with each frame. And Jane Levy even said when she read the script, she was like, she's reading it and she's thinking like. How can it get much worse than this? And she's like, you know, <laughs> five page. pages in, yeah, yeah. and then she turns to page. She's like, oh fuck! And then this happens. And the turn to another page. She's like, Jesus Christ! And then she's like, that's why I knew I had to be in it because she said she was blown away by how how bad it could get, and mm-hmm. how it, just when she thought it was like at the worst it could ever possibly be, then they were able to top it in the next scene. Did which they I release... was fucking brilliant.
1: Did they ever release a director's cut that shows like the NC seventeen version essentially?
0: Because uh, I thought there, NC-17
1: had to have like nudity and sexuality and like uh-uh. almost porny, not just straight gore.
0: No, you can get it for you can get it for gore. Oh. Um. The, uh, there is an unrated Blu-ray, so I'm uh, I'm assuming that yes, that does include. Um, I haven't done a comparison to see like what was right. cut out or not, mm-hmm. but um, I do know that that exists.
1: Okay. Yeah, because I watch it on Netflix, so I very much doubt that's the version on Netflix.
0: Yeah. Um, I I just want to say a random aside for anybody who is going to seek this out and watch this. Um, Do it in, with your family. Seen, bring your little yeah. cousin
1: along, your mom, and dad, your granddad with the bad heart. Bring them along.
0: <laughs> um, or if you've seen it and missed this, there is a... A, a post credit scene and I mean very 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 end of this groovy. credit you gotta go all the way through yep with Bruce Campbell making a little mini appearance in saying groovy yeah. and it's it's just you know for people that, that have nostalgia and who yeah. love the original it's, it's, it was really kind of uh, amazing and I think a lot of people miss it because like I said it's, it's, it's not it's, even a mid credit like, it's the yeah, very it's end.
1: Like, it's like after the like Georgia peach symbol and all that shit yeah. or whatever yeah uh, apparently they're making a sequel it, it got me yeah. very recently.
0: Yeah, Evil Dead Rise or something. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was reading about that, so that's. I mean, that'd
1: be interesting. It's,
0: yeah i I'm glad you I'm glad you liked this one because, like, this is a week I was a little bit nervous about, as I tend <laughs> to be sometimes, because we've talked about, you know, we've talked about some polarizing films. We talked about some films that I could easily see people being kind of met on, or even. Mm-hmm they haven't not great reactions to. Um, But I was like, and this was sort of inadvertent. I didn't mean to do this, but when we, we picked these two, actually, I think you picked these two um, from the list that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, I I was like, wow, you know, we actually ended the month sort of unintentionally on two remakes that are like really good, really solid. Yeah. Yeah. So it was was a nice way to, to end the month on uh,
1: To make you feel warm and fuzzy.
0: Yeah, because it's it's like just it's just like nice how to Evil Dead makes me feel. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's nice to be reminded that um you know, remake doesn't have to be a bad word. It doesn't automatically mean like garbage. Yes, no. there is plenty of bad yeah. remakes. Um there's plenty of garbage, there's plenty of cash grabs, there's plenty of like what the fuck are you doing? Why would you even do this? Mm-hmm. Um but there are films <clears throat> like this where you're like, "Okay, I I get it and props to you. You like you you came to play and you did a great job."
1: yeah um generally I actually don't mind remakes because I like the modernization of it you know I like the new the, the different or the the i guess evolved camera work and technology and the stuff that they just didn't have available when a lot of the original things were shot, or if they were available, you needed a massive budget to do it um whereas something that was that cost forty million dollars back in 1980 now you can do it on your fucking iPhone so you know like I, I kind of enjoy. Remakes, I like. Sometimes I like them more than the originals, um, which I know is blasphemous because originals are mm-hmm. original and whatever. But it, what is sometimes you get like you said the remakes? It doesn't mean they're bad. It's reboots. I think I don't like, which I think they're, they're slightly different things. Um, but if you get a remake, uh, I think that's all right. Uh, you're, as long as it's.
0: And. I think this is technically a reboot. Um, not to like throw I, a. Well, yeah, okay. Well,
1: well, I'm not sure whatever you want to call it. One of them is fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm not sure which one is the but yeah. yeah the other reason I say that is because um, the director came out and said that basically this is supposed to be a continuation of the original film. Right. And he said that the similarities that you see between this and the original are based on. They're sort of necessitated by. The The magic of the book, and mm-hmm. you know how it dictates that this pattern keeps repeating itself, right? So, he in his mind, and I'm only just saying that because I find it interesting, um, not to be contrarian, but in his mind, this is like kind of like a sequel, I guess, um, as opposed to a remake, although it definitely like I right, think it, works it kind both of ways.
1: falls yeah. in like the Halloween, the new Halloween, yeah, thing, right? Yes. Um, but you know, like I, I'm just sick of. I, I, I think they're the reboots where it's like, oh, I mentioned this the other day. Oh, how many times have we seen fucking Uncle Ben and Spider Man die? You know, I, I'm like, those are the type of movies I'm fucking done with. Uh, like retelling the same origin story 14 different times in seven years just because it didn't hit the first time. So let's try it again with a new cast. Um, whereas if, if you remake something, I think it in a sense it can reboot the franchise at inadvertently uh it kind of like was done with evil dead um but i mean yeah. this is just semantics now sometimes i no, no, hate sometimes yeah. they fucking miss right
0: yeah for sure no i totally know what you're saying i just to reiterate right? i wasn't trying to be like no you're wrong i was just saying like yes, you I, are. I found that's it all
1: those that's all you know how to <laughs> i could i could agree with yeah. you 100 you would be like you're sure. fucking wrong
0: yeah no that, that really like being nails me. to die uh-huh exactly yeah you're on to me casey I, you know, I know. You know who I am. I do. <laughs> I'm inside um, your brain. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty much all that I don't do. You, I don't have anything else to say about this, not what because it's bad, you? but because it's so good. Yeah. Um. But
1: well, you got your five-word review, I'd imagine.
0: I do. You want to hear it?
1: I do. Okay. What was your idea?
0: I know. So, so here I go. You don't like. You say you want me to do it, but then every time I try to do it, you you won't let me get through it. Nah, that's <laughs> not true. Um, my five word review for this film is bow down before Jane Levy. That's fair. Yeah,
1: that's fair. What's mine yours? Is, mine is far less poignant. Uh, it is stabby zombie people are stabby.
0: <laughs> See, you're just doing like <laughs> you're not doing reviews. You're doing um, plot sort of synopsis like or like you're sort of like doing the summation of like this is what this film is which yeah, is totally well, fine but yeah
1: I mean you can take that as I, I take that as a good thing
0: stabby, yeah I mean is that
1: stabby zombie people or is that stabby I mean what's wrong with that
0: no there's nothing wrong with it I exactly. mean, I like it okay Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ Casey you're, you're like
1: on, you're on over no, me like, I'm, like you are you're like in, a fucking jockey and I'm the horse you just won't stop riding
0: you that were in. Bad. That sounds horrible, and you were in rare <laughs> form today. You were like really like. I feel like you're at the end of a bad week, and you're sort of like in aggressive form.
1: I am at the bad. I have a story to tell you when this is over.
0: Oh God, I'm at the end of a bad week too, but I don't have That's any it. exciting stories. Just it was garbage. Ah, uh, uh, we so still have a
1: dramatic reading to do.
0: We do, which I think is gonna cheer me up because I'm pretty excited about it.
1: It's it's only three hours long, so.
0: Um, Casey, I specifically told you in advance about it so you wouldn't be a hater when it came time to do this.
1: You're telling me in advances at uh, you know like one twenty nine. It's gonna be long. (laughs) One thirty, you send it to me. Like that's not a warning. (laughs) That's part of it.
0: I mean, a warning would have been gonna, like
1: a week ago. you like, I got a really long one. Oh, okay. Well,
0: it takes me a while. I mean, I don't pick them until like the very last minute because I have to watch the films and then like find the scene and transcribe it and blah, blah, blah. I the point know. is, is that even if I did give it to you a week in advance, you would not look at it or rehearse early. It's I know you. It's So what's the point? Are-
1: very correct
0: (laughs) and I when I when I typed it out I was like I know what he's gonna say he's gonna bitch that it's too long but I think it'll go fast and I think it'll be fun and I think there's a really nice mix between both of us so you don't have to do all the heavy lifting and 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 (laughs) and you get to be Peter Vincent and I think anyone who complains about that is like just needs to be fucking dealt with Uh because that is like Dealt the with best. what
1: you gonna call it Bruno?
0: I don't know. I'm gonna do something. It's like I gave you the best lines in the whole film. Okay,
1: I, I'm not. I, I I just said it was. No, you
0: are complaining, but
1: I I I made a fact.
0: <laughs> um, it's gonna be great. So but, you should you should hype it up and not be like, Ugh, here we go with our long, stupid, dramatic reading. Uh, I'm Casey. Just read your first <laughs> fucking line for Christ's sake. No, say something nice. <laughs> No, I hate you. I know. All right. So you now I have to <clears throat> to get I have to get in the zone because you've like you've destroyed me emotionally. Good. <clears throat> All right, Mr. Vincent, Mr. Vincent, I'm from the Vegas Sun. We had an appointment today.
1: I don't think so. Speak to my guy.
0: No, no, we did. I- I'm doing that article: vampires separating myth from fact.
1: You want a quote? a shit idea for an article.
0: Look, please, please, I I need your expertise. You're the man on this stuff, so...
1: So what? Is this like your first assignment or something? Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna pop your cherry. Ginger! Bring him upstairs. You got ten minutes.
0: Wow, this is all his stuff? He started collecting tarot for then Ouija. Gateway stuff. Now, his callers, they call him for answers. Those books, the forgotten text, he's read them all. No, no, don't touch anything. He's PMSing today. Sensitive little girl. Over there, that's haunted antiques. Cursed stuff. And that? That's Pete's honorary degree from LVSU. But he got it off the internet. The one and only.
1: Midori me.
0: Midori yourself, douchebag.
1: Ah, fuck you.
0: Asswipe.
1: Come in. Come on. Looks like pee, but I'm hooked. You want some?
0: I'm good, thank you. No.
1: Too much for you. Would you like a Shirley Temple? (laughs) Sit down. So, I'm the expert for your vampire thing, huh? They're all the rage, eh? Leather. Doesn't breathe, you know. Fucking rashes are fucking killing me. Mm, shoot.
0: <laughs> right. Uh well look. I I know your show. Uh I, I know your show's an illusion.
1: Meaning bullshit. <laughs> yeah, fair enough.
0: But say I wanted to kill a vampire. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, um sorry, go on.
0: How would I how would I go about doing that?
1: You want to kill a vampire? Seriously?
0: Yeah, kill a vampire.
1: Well, uh, let's think. Well, you got fire, beheading, um you could make him a big garlicly omelet. <laughs> or you go traditional. Steak through the heart. Bam! <laughs>
0: Cool. Uh. So. Uh. So that stuff really works.
1: Well, maybe not the omelet. How the fuck should I know?
0: Art? I. I, I don't know. I mean, you have all this stuff, and you're Peter Vincent, vampire. I, I. I don't know. I'm. I'm not sure.
1: I read books, man. What you think I'm? Hang out with Dracula and the East of Bunny? Fuck off. Uh. <laughs>
0: Look, I'm sorry, but I have a personal interest in this. I think one of them got my friend.
1: What? W-one of them? Meaning a vampire?
0: Yeah. Jerry. He lives next door to me.
1: Jerry? Jerry the vampire?
0: Look, do you think I don't know how this sounds? I mean, two days ago, I would've- I would've laughed in my face. But it's really happening. Man, I am so far down the rabbit hole. Look, I was in his house, or his lair, or whatever, and I got these pictures. If you'll just look at them.
1: Okay, okay, get out.
0: No, please.
1: You're a nut. Ginger?
0: I'm not. I know what I saw.
1: No. No, you don't. Illusion, remember? People see what they want to see. This is...
0: You don't collect this stuff. You don't have all this stuff if you don't believe. And I promise you, I can get you to him. I can show you what you've been waiting for, and...
1: What, in Clark County, Nevada? Ginger! Well, that's a hotbed of supernatural activity.
0: It is, though. It's genius. It's genius. It's a transient population of people. They work all night. They sleep all day.
1: Get this loser out of my sight, please. Stop! Whoa...
0: Look, he got my friend already. I am not crazy. I mean, I'm not. I I don't want to know this shit. Please, look at these pictures.
1: Get the fuck out of my house.
0: Time to go, doll. Come on. And scene.
1: Scene. I gave him about four different dialects. Dude. You, did. <laughs> you did. You did. You were a little over the place, but it was
0: fun. That's all right. <laughs>
1: I was trying no, to picture no. David Tennant doing it, and he has a very specific kind of British accent that he does.
0: he does I don't know how to describe it, but it is oh. it is absolutely delightful in here. The way that he says certain words like and the Easter Bunny like yeah. I love certain yeah yeah he, little, like he, I think he's I
1: think he's supposed to be like a cockney kind of guy in this one, yeah. but I'm not a hundred percent sure because he's Scottish, so I mean like his natural voice isn't like that, so mm-hmm. That'd be like me trying to, I guess, do, like, an American accent, even though, like, I'm very neutral as it is, but, you know, the Americans have slightly different way to say things. Whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. I don't... <laughs> it's all dialect and...
0: Uh, or, like, try to do, like, a Southern accent. So, you, got, you have to have a specific region of America. You can't just say, like, generic... You can't say generic American, but, I mean, I think you're... You don't have a, I don't feel like you have a strong Canadian accent.
1: No, I don't. I'm definitely, definitely not like, oh, put the beer in the ice box, eh? Mm-mm. I
0: definitely. wish you were, because that would be no, way more fun. No. Well, and it would be like, it's like when Europeans, like I think, um, like British people, I feel mm-hmm. like they can say the most fucked up shit, and somehow I'm like, oh, Like it's like, <laughs> I, I'm into it. And it would be better if you had a really fun accent, because then when you're being hateful to me, I'd be like, oh, that's so charming, Casey. But, but I no, just you're like just you're... using your generic, you know, American slash Canadian accent, and it's just brutal. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome.
1: <laughs> take that as a compliment.
0: I yeah, you could take it however you want. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh this is why in our readings I try to always give you a foreign accent. I'm oh, like, thank okay, you. that's that's what I like.
1: Next up is gonna be a gimmick where it's like <laughs> halfway through somebody dings a bell and then we have to start speaking in a random accent from a different part of the world for the rest of the episode <laughs> I, can't,
0: I can't do it to save my life though. So it actually might be entertaining because me trying to do any accent is just like fucking it's, off the rails it's, like it's ridiculous. german
1: and you're like good eye mate
0: <laughs> yes exactly i don't know i have no ear i don't know anything um it's it's all yeah it's all gonna just sound like gibberish fair enough so yeah it might be a fun experiment actually for for the listeners not for me i'd be well. like oh god this is horrifying
1: Yeah, I mean, fun experiments are fun, especially when you're leaving reviews for the first time. (laughs) It's an experiment if you've never done it before. So I suggest you experiment leaving a review on Apple iTunes or podcasts. Uh, Did you ever find out if you could leave one on Spotify? I believe the answer is still no.
0: No, I didn't. I forgot to do my research. I was too busy, like, trying to crunch for this back-to-back episode. My fault.
1: It's okay. I did research, and everything I found is... No. The answer is no. Um, but if I'm wrong, please do leave one on there. That would be cool. But I don't think you can. Uh, the only place I know of are, There's a handful, but iTunes is obviously the biggest one and the one that gets the most views. So if you want to see a review in the world of the internet, then you can leave one on iTunes. Uh, and if it's five-star, we'll read it on the show. And I, if you leave one, I don't even think it has to be five-star, but if you leave any one it will be entered into a draw to win something cool.
0: Yeah, we can't we can't bribe them. Well, we can bribe them can to bribe leave a review, people, but, but yeah. we can't bribe them to leave a positive review. Sure we can. There's nothing illegal not,
1: about well, It's unethical, sure, but we illegal. Could. Yeah, no. I was just going to say unethical. Um because <laughs> and it's fuck fine ethics. like
0: ethics. You, you don't have to like think we're perfect. Um
1: But you do. I mean
0: I I would love you to think we're pretty okay. Like that would be nice. That well, would be a nice or like. nothing. Yeah. Um, we might be screwed, Casey, because <laughs> you know, I don't think we're... Well, uh, one
1: of us might be screwed.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to be that direct and mean to you, um, but but yeah, what if mean? you want to own it. Oh. <laughs> uh, anywho, um, oh. next week starts a new month. We will have a new theme. Uh, I'm pretty freaking excited about it. I still don't know if we're ready to reveal it, or did I already reveal it? I can't even remember I think, I think you
1: mentioned it last week. Or on uh, Wednesday, rather.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll just say it then. We are going to do uh, a sort of satanic demon theme.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I mean, the Evil Dead which, could have been done
1: for that one. There's, I was just about you know. to say,
0: like, several of the films we covered this month would also work for that. But we're going to come up with some new films to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to have a fun little bonus episode that I'm not ready to tease yet, but that I think is going to be kind of a little, speaking of fun experiment.
1: It's going to be exhilarating.
0: It's gonna be it's gonna be a thing. Uh, I will say that um, I'm freaking <laughs> terrified of it. So that could either be it's awesome or, or horrible, depending on <laughs> how it actually goes. Sometimes it's good to do things you're afraid of, and yeah. then sometimes it's terrible. And there's a reason you're afraid of it, and you should never do it. So, yeah,
1: like going to the dentist.
0: Yeah. So so there's my there's my <clears throat> enigmatic tease. You will have to stay tuned to see what uh, what horrors await. Us and you and everyone
1: couldn't have said it better.
0: Thank you. Well, uh, you I really. Have. Couldn't I just have. didn't want to. No, 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 no. I nailed it. Let's just yeah. be honest.
1: All right. So until next week.
0: Goodbye. Bye everyone.